Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's talk about it. Texas is laying six and a half points. Texas is minus 250 on the money line. Oklahoma is plus 200. The total set at 60 and a hook, up from 59 and a half. Texas is the better team. I will say that. Texas can compete with any team in the country. Call me biased. It's a flat-out fact. Their roster is as talented as I've seen in more than a decade. So I I, I kind of think they can dominate Oklahoma. The thing is, when you watch the Sooners, and I understand, they have an offense that is tailor-made for running up the score on bad teams. Dylan Gabriel can toss mm-hmm. it around, but they haven't played anybody. I mean, no. Okay, fine. Cincinnati, SMU. I mean, why in the world am I even worried about this when I got a bunch of inbreds coming down from Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma to Dallas, Texas? Oh, I guess I'll go to the game, but I'll be back, sis. And when I say sis, I mean sister. Quit just dropping down the gene pool and screwing the old IQ of our collective country and just get away from the family members and focus on something else. Let me tell you something, all right? This is our year. Everything's going our way. We took care of Bama. You think I'm worried about some yokels coming into Dallas? (laughs) I am not. There's a reason why this line is so big and you're saying, oh, Jinx, it's a rivalry game. Well, guess what? I remember last year was also a rivalry game and I remember you guys putting up a big goose egg. We won 49 to nothing, okay? You haven't played anybody. We have Texas in a landslide at the Red River Shootout. Ooh, I love that statistical numerical analysis that included uh, inbreds and, you know, going back to your sister. I think Ed Egros would really appreciate that. Like, the numbers don't lie. You know, you're just a guy that just thinks with his head. Your heart's not even taking a a role in this one. Uh, But you're right. So let's pump the brakes just a little bit. What is the sabotage factor for Texas in this game? Because you just said that Oklahoma has a high-flying offense. Mm -hmm. And this is a big number, and it's been driven up. I think if this one gets to seven, we will see some buyback on Oklahoma. But you're right. All the money looks like it has been pouring in on Texas. But does it scare you that it's a rivalry game? Because it feels like this is the one sabotage factor for me, an outside person that has no ties to either side. Usually rivalry games play closer than expected. But uh, this is a, a spread that's under a touchdown. So uh, it feels like you're pretty heavily leaning Texas. Like even the fact that you, 
I feel like it's not even the fact that you are a Texas fan and you went to Texas. So lay it out yeah. without, you know, the inbred comments. What makes you think Texas <laughs> is the better team here? Other than just, you know, them going back to their sister and yes. the fact that they they ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> Sounds like a, a fine This is what I would caller. say. It if you if you look at this game and you really want to handicap it, I think the real key is the Texas defensive line. This defensive line is easily a top three defensive line in the country. If you watch the Oklahoma versus Cincinnati game, the Bearcats had their way with the Oklahoma offensive line. They're going to have a lot of problems with Texas. Now, the key for the Longhorns is to make sure Oklahoma doesn't hit the deep shot. But if you watch Texas, what they do is they're extremely well-conditioned. And the reason why they play things close in the first half and then pull away in the fourth is because they keep rotating in these monsters on the D-line. They're very deep, and then they just wear you down and run over you. Look, that's what happened at Alabama. This was a close mm -hmm. game. Remember, Alabama was up by three. The Longhorns won by 10. First time Nick Saban has ever lost by double digits in Tuscaloosa. Longhorns had a nine-minute drive at the end of that game. Same thing happened this past weekend against Kansas. Kansas was up by six. Or, sorry, Texas was up by six, and it was really dicey. And then Texas won 40-14 to 14 because they got to the fourth quarter, and the Longhorns just wore them down. They were just too physical and too big. And that's what I think we see here, which is this will be close. It's a rivalry game. But in the fourth quarter, maybe late third, Texas is so physical on the lines that they eventually wear Oklahoma down and cover. That would be my handicap. What do you make of this total going up? Because I tend to think that this game would play a little bit lower scoring if you do think that yeah. Oklahoma gets drubbed here. And this one's gone from 59 and a half to 60 and a half. Does that seem peculiar mm -hmm. to you? Or do you think we see a lot of points? I think we could see a lot of points. Look, Oklahoma, let me take off my Longhorn cap for a second. The Sooners are very talented. They are better than I thought they would be this season. And last year, Dylan Gabriel had issues throwing outside the hashes. You could really pick him off. He's got a lot better in that area. That defense has solidified. Oklahoma will bring it. There, there, there's no question about that. But... I also think that Oklahoma is good enough, even though I think Texas wears them down. Oklahoma is good enough to hit a couple shots deep on Texas. They're just too good and too talented. And in a game like this, it takes one mistake. You get a safety peeking at the run, play action, boom. Oklahoma will make you pay. So my only case for the over is that we're going to see a lot of points, I think. And Oklahoma will. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to run up on Texas, but they're talented enough on offense to get into the end zone. So I kind of understand why this is inching up and now sitting at 60 and a hook. Yeah. Uh, and especially because that's not like the man. Am I frozen? Do you hear me? I hear you. Yes. You're kind of frozen okay. in and out, but I do hear your voice. <laughs> Because the video <laughs> definitely does not show me talking. I'm like, hmm, that's strange. Uh, so, yes, especially with a total at 60 and a half, it's not in the 70 range like we've seen some of these Colorado games. Yeah. Uh, but looking at the rest of the board, are there any other games that interest you from a watching perspective? Because I think the one that catches my eye, Kentucky and Georgia. Georgia laying 14 Tell and me. a half. Do we believe in the upstart Kentucky Wildcats? And I've said this on the show before. I rooting for mm -hmm. Devin Leary. Damn it. He transferred from my school, NC State, and now he's at Kentucky. But uh, this offense looks damn good against Florida last week. It's not going to be the same matchup, clearly, when you go mm -hmm. against Georgia. 
But Georgia has shown that maybe they're not quite as dominant, uh, barely squeak. Well, they didn't cover against Auburn, I should say, mm -hmm. in a very low scoring affair last time around. Uh, but still, this is a home game for Georgia. And we know, talent-wise, they're one of the most talented teams in all of college football. Would you take the 14 and hook with Kentucky? Here's what I would do. I would take Kentucky in the first half. This line seems a little fishy to me. I feel like everyone is going to be on Kentucky because they look really, really good, and you're getting more than that key number of 14. But if you look at Georgia and how they perform this season, they are very much a second-half team. Slow starts are probably the biggest criticism that Kirby Smart has faced, and it's hard to criticize Georgia because of how good they have been for the past two seasons. They've won 22 in a row, but I think – you sort of bank on Georgia getting off to another slow start and ride that trend. You take Kentucky in the first half, and if you want full game, maybe go Georgia. Yeah, my camera's doing some weird things. I apologize. Uh, not sure what's really You're going fine. on with my technology, uh, but and I also don't know what you said about that game because I was refreshing. Is there any other games you want to talk uh, about here, Jinx, while I try to get this going? Uh, do your thing. The only thing I will throw out, and we can talk about this later on in the week when we give out our pick six, pick six, pick six. I really, really like Missouri getting six and a half points at home, hosting LSU. This is a suspect LSU defense. And if you follow college football at all, learn the name Luther Burden III. Lining up with the Tigers, huge recruit stayed home and he is arguably the best receiver in the country i will take the tigers and the points in columbia for more listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM weekday mornings from 6 to 9 eastern on the beck ql network the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts